Welcome back to So Far So Rare. I'm joined by Tom Mitchum. Some of you might remember him. And Tom, you're here to score a hat-trick. I, I am, yeah. Hi, John. I, I think I'm the first person to do all three of your kind of podcast versions, um, but you can probably tell me that. Well, I haven't a clue because I forget who was on the Football Index and Footstock ones. So there would be a few that you'd think might have, you know, like the likes of the Quinnies and the Hendos. Maybe an MDJ. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I actually, do you know that one's came I reckon an MDJ. MDJ's been the first guest on a couple of them, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's happened. But I'm going to award you the first person to do it, unless any of them come out and at me on social. Um, so congratulations. But we're here today. I've been away for a month. There's been no So Far So Rare podcast, but we've loads to talk about. We're going to talk about the timing of So Rare's marketing with the football just around the corner. Um, and seemingly we're not seeing too much. Um, I've sold my uniques, we'll talk about that. You play a bit of MLB, you want to tell us mm -hmm. why people should play and why they shouldn't play it. Um, collections we'll talk about. I got a little gift from So Rare. I bought it on the shop and it arrived. And then obviously, I'm going to tell you a wee story. You're going to pump some players, you're going to give us a feature for So Rare, and we're going to play a little game. So that's what we're at. Does that sound good? Cool, yeah, let's do it. I'm going to be honest, right? Last night, me and my dad were sculling cans until about 2 o'clock, and then I went to bed. And honestly, I wasn't going to set an alarm. And then I was like, because I'm so used to like not having things to do. Like, I haven't mm -hmm. had anything in my schedule. And I said, oh, I better check my calendar for tomorrow. Just like, what I have to, what I have to do? And I saw this at 11. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but I feel great. I feel great. I said we were sculling cans. I didn't have too many. But it was still a, a wee moment of panic. Um, Right. I'm going to open with this. I got my shirt. This is a bit of a negative one to start on, right? It should be positive. I yeah. um, got, you know, whenever they dropped, a, was it 100 shirts or something onto yeah. their club thing? Not the signed ones. Now I wish it held out for the signed ones. They all look amazing. But I got a mystery jersey, right? Um, a, bit, a bit of uproar people thinking, you know, we backhander John Nellis getting the jersey. What are the chances, mm -hmm. right? But... I was sat in an airport at the time and I just went on, on the R every R and updated, updated. Had all my details pre-filled out. Bang, bang, XL, Ireland, done. I got it. Now, this is what came. Congratulations from the So Rare football team. So Rare managers okay. like you are what make our community so special. We can't wait to see you rocking this gear. If you plan to post on social media, be sure to tag So Rare with hashtag So Rare on tour. Right? And... It's Fulham. Okay. A, a team close to your heart, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I actually like the trim on the on the collar, to be honest. But mm. I got a Fulham jersey. Now, it is mystery. So I don't actually... I have no qualms, no issues with it being Fulham. That's, that's the game. It's quite literally the game. But just to kind of... A bit of constructive feedback, if you will, to So Rare. Um, it was a little bit lacklustre. I don't know if anyone mm. else who got them felt this way. Now, it's, fucking, I'm going both barrels. Whenever you're putting loads of money, or not, into So Rare, and you're redeeming these coins that we're meant to care about, and they want us to focus on, for a mystery shirt, maybe maybe I'm being a dick. This is where you come in. Let me finish, actually, and then you can tell me if I'm being a dick or if it's fair. Yep. It came in like a bag, like a delivery bag, that was unmarked. I didn't really have a clue what it was, so I just kind of opened it. And the surprise was done. Do you know what I mean? I opened it and it was a Fulham shirt. I was like, why have I a Fulham shirt? Oh, the So Rare. Oh, this is the thing. It wasn't like... So it was like 
quite lackluster when I got it. It was like, oh, I have a Fulham mm. shirt. It wasn't like what well, it sounds so small, right? But I really think it makes a big difference to the experience. It makes a big difference to shareability on social media, which is obviously like a huge upside of this, the marketing. If that had a, all it needed was a little box, a little sexy yeah. box from So Rare, with it inside, and like when you open, you know, you get it, you know, oh, I've got my mystery jersey. What's it going to be in it? Oof. And you get that wee minute of suspense. And then you set it down. Yeah. Maybe you take a wee video of you doing it. And you open it and you get it and you go, oh, it's Fulham. Jeez, isn't that lovely or isn't that well? Like, just that. It's a tiny, 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 tiny thing. But you know that the biggest and best and, like, the best the best companies, I don't know who do that. Or, like, I don't know who the main ones are. Classic football shirts or someone. I don't know. You know mm -hmm. that's how they're going to do it. It's like, there's no reason why SoRare shouldn't be doing like that. I feel like it feels a bit rushed. Like, I got, this yeah. is the last thing I'll say on it. Remember there was the Prin, Prin NFT, so P-R-I-N-F-T, yeah. so print kind of thing. I got like an Erling Haaland, um, my Erling Haaland card of that in a thing, in a frame. Now, they were a what startup worth whatever, not really even approved. Probably just guys in their garage having a bit of crack on the weekend to try and start something. You see yeah. the way it came out? It was in a box mm -hmm. personalized with my name on it. My manager, manager name. Now, maybe it's different because... I was an influencer and they wanted it to look that way because sometimes you get things from them and they put your name on it if it's from big companies to influencers. All that to say, there's no reason it could have been in a sexy little box um, that if it was a signed shirt displays a certificate of authenticity. If it's not, it doesn't. That's my ramble. I just think it could have been done better. Yeah, and I think that's fair enough because um, so it's something that I actually do a bit for, for my job and Nowadays on eBay or Amazon, or there's a lot of companies out there where they'll just provide personalized items for you. So, so rare could make one nice image, you know, it could just be a nice image of a footballer with a little bit of um, text on there saying, here's your, you know, here's your so rare um, shirt that you won. Congratulations, can't wait to see you rocking it. And, and they could get those boxes created for, you know, probably one or two quid per box. They just order two, three, five hundred of them off one of these companies, they'll get them within a few days. Um, yeah, and you could just have like a custom so rare box. Um, stuff like that is is ten a penny nowadays. I mean, for so we just had a live event last week, my company, and we ordered some flyers, we ordered some um, IRL cards. So we have like virtual cards, a bit like so rare cards, and we ordered um, physical versions of them that are like, you know, two or three foot high. Um, and we ordered some merch and we got all that just off the internet, making orders, getting it in within a week or so. So yeah, shirt presentation boxes would be absolutely no, no difficulty to order in bulk, probably only have to do it once or twice. And, and then, yeah, as you say, it just makes it a bit more special, doesn't it? When it turns up, um, I've ordered one of those mystery football shirts in the past, and it did come in quite a nice black branded box. Um, I think the other thing on it as well, and, and this might be a bit too much effort possibly with the amount they're going to send out, but maybe they need to think about, okay, these shirts are going to the UK, therefore we need to give them a shirt that isn't a UK football team. Like to me, so I'm sat here in Yorkshire, if they send me a Leeds United shirt, I'm not a Leeds fan. I'm going to be really disappointed. If they send me any shirt from the Croatian League or the French Second Division or wherever, 
it's more exciting because I look at it and go, oh, hold on, who's this team? Oh, okay, it's them. I'll have a look on Surrey data. You know, You're maybe I'll buy some it. players. What's interesting about their history? Are there any Burnley players who used to play for them? You know, a bit of a personal connection for me. I, I just, yeah, like you say, it's just those little touches, isn't it? I think they can be a little bit more smart about it. And But that's about putting resource to it. So is this an intern getting a couple of hours to get all this done? Or is there someone actually doing it as a, a task with deliverables? I mean, that's that's probably the golden question there, I guess. The devil's in the detail with it. Now, yes, mm. it's a good start. So again, I'm not shitting on it necessarily in a big way because yeah. like they've done it, they've delivered them. And I actually came out, to be fair, it's probably been six weeks, but it doesn't matter. It's here. I think it's just like, and I'm sure they know this. This isn't like they're going to listen if they do and go, oh my God, he's right. I just think it was probably mm -hmm. they decided, oh, we should do this. Let's get it done and rushed it. But you're right. Yeah. It's like, maybe, I don't know if that is too much to ask, but in terms of like satisfying the customer, which is what any business should probably be about, it's like, if you, as you say, here, I have a full one. If I walk around in that, people will go like, he's wearing a full on top. Yeah. If it was a Liverpool yeah. one, they'd think, oh, John's a Liverpool fan. If it's a Reunited one, Chelsea one, Man City one. I know it's Ireland, but Ireland, UK, kind of English football is, is prominent. If that's a Lorient, mm -hmm. Nantes kit, fucking Ren kit, Cagliari, pick any random team around Europe, you're, I'm, I'd be much more likely to wear it. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know if I'll ever wear that. No, but I will now because I feel like I should. I might be doing a short someday about a Fulham player and I'll ping it on. Or maybe I'll play yeah. five aside in a Fulham kit one time. But. Yeah, I, I, I once got a um, a Basel, I think I went on Sports Direct, I needed a white football shirt and they had the Basel kit for like £5, so I bought it and every time I've worn that virtually, be it here or abroad on holiday, someone will sort of look at the badge or they'll come and say, oh, you're a Basel banner, are you sway? So, you know, it, it yeah. just has that sort of extra level of interest, whereas if I'm in spain on holiday and i'm wearing a lead shirt you know so are 20 other people around the ball it's it's not as interesting so yeah to me if it's a mystery football jersey you want it to be as kind of mysterious as possible almost well we talked about that for 10 minutes which you didn't plan but i think it is an interesting mm. one or like it's, it's just a small wee detail um the big thing we're going to talk about today and i think look why not just do it um is the timing of their marketing so mm. You meant you messaged me about this, and that's why we're doing this. I thought it, was, it is an interesting topic. Um, you used to work in foot, at Footstock. I remember back in the day. So you've been in this type of company yeah. that's around football now. It was a very different time, maybe you know, in terms of that was just around COVID, maybe. Um, so it was very different with football, and also maybe it's re kind of unrelated. But I imagine you've got some sort of opinion on this, considering you messaged me about it. Yeah, so I, I did work for um, for Fan Team after that as well. Which oh, you jumped the fan, was it Fan Team you went to? After Footstock, yeah. So um, they're kind of Europe's biggest daily fantasy site. So that's probably one where it's a bit more, I guess, yeah. relevant to this. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to me, and, and you don't want to be too negative because we're, what, still 22 days away from the Premier League season. There's, there's a bit of time here, but... To me, sitting here today, you've got FPL was launched. Um, to me, it's launched quite disappointingly in that they haven't sort of changed the wildcards or done anything about the pricing or anything like that. But it's launched and you go on Twitter and all you see is FPL. People doing team drafts, people preparing for the season. Um, you've then got Bet365. I don't know if you've seen this one, but Bet365, which actually is um, fancy 
software that's provided by Fantin for Bet365, they're running a 500K free-to-enter FPL fantasy contest. So it's basically the same as FPL, but it's on Bet365. Like if you go on their homepage now, it's it's sat there. 500K. Yeah, and free to play. Um, So there's, you know, there's stuff like that out there. And I think what I was expecting from SoRare this summer was coming soon, we've got this fantastic, huge Premier League season-long contest or some kind of longer-form contest with all these huge prizes. You know, we, we joke around... FPL kind of give away pencil cases, yet they get 11 million people playing. Well, so rare have got access to tickets, they've got access to the players, to experiences, obviously the cards on top of that. I was expecting a huge Premier League contest this summer to be announced by so rare and for that to be kind of used as their huge hook. And I don't know if that's coming now. And if it if it is coming... Should it be here by now, or should they be allowing the general kind of football populace to all be talking about FPL and, and Bet365 and other sites, you know? So I don't know if that's what you were expecting, but that's that's certainly what I thought they were going to use the Premier League for as kind of the big hook. I'm, I'm looking at my calendar here, right, just to try and work this out in my head. So we are, what, one, two, three, three and a half weeks away. So we're actually just not... We're not far off like a month, uh, three and a half weeks. We're not far off a month, 20 days. We are mm-hmm. far off. I'm trying to do maths in my head, right, while I'm trying to also vocalise in a podcast and it's not doing, re- not doing great. Um, so I completely agree that I expect a marquee Premier League competition that's free to play with bigger prizes than FPL. Now, Bet365 mm-hmm. coming out with half a million prize money shows like, you know, that's Bet365. There's no reason in my mind we're so rare can't have like something that big, you know, considering the value of the company and the revenue and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, they could do a really really huge marquee thing, loaded up with player access and all the things you're mentioning and tickets and all the rest, right? And I think they will, and I think they should. Now, again, full transparency, I haven't heard anything, by the way. Like, I know people sometimes think, oh, John, like, you know. And to be fair, maybe sometimes if they're doing a huge marketing campaign or if they're going to do something, they might say to me, we're going to be doing yeah. something around this. Because that's what you do with the people who make content about you so that you can go and have their content locked and loaded and ready. Otherwise, I could be sat in a beach whenever they do it and the content won't be there. If me, Channing, mm-hmm. Nep, Haber, Quinny, um, the rest of the gang are all sat in a beach, like, who's making the content do you know so it's like they do, they would kind of brief people yeah. at times i i don't know anything now going back to my experience in fpl now because so, so there's a bit of a different base and particularly last summer we'd never really seen the free-to-play mode that properly came in for the global cup so last summer in terms of marketing efforts it would have looked very different of, of what we were expecting if i go to my time at fantasy football hub so like last year i ran fantasy football hubs youtube channel with Alex from July the 1st and we ended up canning it or dropping it at about January or February this year to focus on my own content that was post World yeah. Cup but my own channel was doing it and I said look we don't have time for two anymore which was a shame because we did enjoy the FPL stuff but last summer we basically had just quit our jobs and we needed to make revenue so we were like right this is our like this the, the fantasy football hub we can make enough money here to kind of tread water until the so rare channel does its thing so we started producing content now the season last year i think kicked off on the 5th of august or 6th of august because it was like my mom's birthday 
I was in London at Fantasy Football Fest at the time. I think it was the 5th or 6th. And we started pumping out FPL content in maybe, I think the first videos maybe went out the 12th or 13th of July. <clears throat> so three weeks kind of in advance. And the traffic was not there. It just wasn't mm -hmm. there. And it was nuclear. I mean, nuclear that final week. Like, if I had the graph, I'd show you. It was like, it was like you're bobbing along for two and a half weeks, two weeks, and the final third week, it just went nuclear. And you see the day before the Premier League launched, it was like, way, it was, I, I can't remember the numbers, but I think on that day we might have done, I could pull this out of my arse, it might have been a million long form views. I can't remember. It was like mm -hmm. shit tons of views on that final day, and it, but it really just like went bing. It wasn't like a gradual thing. So the way I look at that is, <clears throat> If so rare have done their research, whoever their marketing department or whatever, whoever decides these things, maybe they've realized that interest peaks massively the week before and that's when we should lean in. So all that to say, even if they say interest peaks two weeks before and that's when we should lean in, we're still not two weeks before. So I think we're kind of at the point as me and you talk where they've got like three weeks I'm not thinking, oh, they're not doing anything yet. I'm not, like, worried. I'm not thinking they're dropping the ball yet. I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow, they like things on Thursdays and Fridays, if tomorrow or Friday they drop it or something. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me. But if it doesn't come tomorrow or Friday and it doesn't come next Thursday or Friday, then my bumhole starts to go a bit, oh, I was expecting this. Yeah. The last thing I will say to you on this ramble is we know that this fate wallet and cash wallet is... Imminent is probably strong. I don't think they've alluded to it being imminent. But this summer, if you're so rare HQ, in my mind, you want to get that fate wallet. You you have all stations go on that. Everything, every resource yeah. you can. Get that in place before the Premier League starts. Then do your marketing push so that every new person you sign up can go and chuck a tenner in like that. Mm -hmm. Imagine putting all your marketing beans out now throwing all throwing everything out there pumping out millions and marketing or whatever and then in an august the 23rd you drop the fate wallet that's a ball dropped and i could see yeah. that happening i could see that happening but i still i think that's a ball dropped if it does so there, there's yeah, my I mean, opinion yeah it's a it's a challenge isn't it because i'm sure they wanted the fiat wallet ready probably right now um sort of in advance of the european season and as with anything kind of, you know, that big a, a tech change, it may well be taking a little, little bit longer than they planned. I mean, I, I do agree with you. I think there, there definitely is time. I think what I'd like to see, and as you say, it might come on Friday, is at least have a coming soon, you know, or a, a teaser announcement or something like that so that when, when people start to talk to me about FPL or whatever their plans are for the new season over the next couple of weeks, you know, I can then say to them, oh, well, Sora are doing this huge thing. And I know you haven't done it before, but it's launching on this day and the kind of experiences that they do. And then, I could, you know, you can talk about Zidane and the Liverpool. You know, I I just think it needs to have some kind of momentum, even yeah. if it's not a launch today. Um, I mean, I've already... So I think what some people do, and maybe this is kind of the more hardcore audience who may well already know about Sora is... They look at the season coming up and think, right, what platforms am I going to be involved in this season? So I've already turned down um, one uh, fan tracks league, for example, because it had a different scoring system to the other platforms I'm involved in. 
and I know that it's just going to get too much. Mm. Whereas, like, because FPL came out first and then the Bet365 thing, I'm already registered for them. And then the one that got launched a little bit later, I've said, sorry, can't do it. You know, so I just slight concern if so I go really late that they fall into that bucket of um and and I think DraftKings and FanDuel found this when they mark it in season or right right the day before the season if they try and start a big marketing push they struggle to get people because people don't kind of switch platforms in season so that mm. that to me is why it needs to come beforehand um at least a teaser or something something to give us the confidence it's coming and to be able to talk about it, I would like to see personally. I mean, for you, I, I guess, content-wise, content, content wise, you know, if they drop that on Friday, there's a huge tournament coming, you can start to think about content, right? Yeah. Like, I have ideas locked for content, assuming they're mm. going to do the free-to-play Premier League, right? I have ideas locked of videos, dates that I want to put them out, all prepped. But, like... I have no idea when it's coming, if it's coming, you know? Yeah. I have no idea what to expect. So, look, we'll see. Again, as I say, yeah. if I'm having this conversation next week, it gets a little bit more, hmm. If I'm having it the week after, it's like, what's going on? Yeah. So, and podcast it, the, listeners, yeah, you'll 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 judge by my voice each week. Yeah, by all means. Um, and the, the thing I'm hoping they've learned from a little bit is, is MLB. So, for MLB this season it was an absolute ghost town until a few days before the season launched. And then they've done a huge amount of so rare MLB marketing in season since then, but we've not seen a huge take up. And to me, again, that's, that's maybe a timing issue that it should have come a little bit earlier. And I'm sure there's plenty of reasons why it didn't, but um, yeah, I, I just like a bit of confidence, I guess that, that it's coming in, in due course. Yeah, me too. So look, we'll see what they say. I mean, ultimately, this goes out on Friday. Maybe we'll hear something before then. Yes, yeah. I know they love Thursday afternoons. They love Friday afternoons too. Um, yeah. Right, a couple of other things. Tell us your quick funny story about the Burnley top spot, the collecting. Uh, yeah, so um, I've really got into the collection side of things. I must say, I, I think it has been um, really well delivered. I think it's super clear and it's it's really added a big aspect to the game for me. Um so I'm a Burnley fan, as you can tell by the shirt. And um, when I first looked at the collections leaderboard for Burnley in, in Limited, there were three of us that were sort of way above everyone else in terms of points. So we're all around 1,000 points. And then the next person's like 650 or something. So so I then started to try and kind of up my collection to get that number one spot and managed to get it for a little bit and then dropped second. And it's, it's kind of toed and throwed. And what I wondered was... These other two people I think I'm in a battle against to get that number one spot. Are they even aware or are they just Burnley fans or do they just have a Burnley stack with a load of jersey mints, you know? Um, so there was one guy who, um, I think he's called The Owl, who had 33 of the 34 Burnley cards for, for quite a long period. So I just assumed, okay, he's not aware of this leaderboard because if he was, he'd have Dara Costello, which is the player he was missing. Um but then I wanted um, to boost my direct Costello a bit. So I was bidding for him on, on an auction last week um, and thought, right, great, this will take me back to the top spot. And then the owl swooped in, no pun intended, in the last <laughs> minute of that auction and paid an exorbitant price for Dara Costello 
So he's now got the full collection and he's now jumped back to the top of the leaderboard. It's like, oh, okay, you've only done that because you're fully aware of this uh, this little three-way battle we've got yeah. going on. Um, I then screwed myself by giving away a jersey mint stupidly cheap by accident. Um, oh, no. I, th- I, th- I think I had about eight Darko Cherlinovs, who's kind of a bit part player at Burnley. And I was tidying my gallery, so I listed seven of them and just kept the jersey mint. Um, and then some sneaky bugger sent me an offer for the jersey mint one. But because I had seven up for sale, I didn't check which one he'd offered on. I just assumed it was one of the ones for sale. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was the jersey mint. So I sold the jersey mint for like 70 pence or something. Um oh, no. So, yeah, I've got a bit of work to do again now. Yeah. Do you know what? Looking at it now, between you and the Isle, it's not like either of you have particularly many one-offs or jersey mints. So no. you could probably catch them if you just stick 50 quid at it, <laughs> you know, but, or whatever, you know, because there'll be people out there. I, I find with the Villarreal one, which I just kind of went on, I've kind of went off it a bit because a few people who had cards I wanted just kind of were taking the pish. But, you know people like i was offering 10x the floor for like cards and they're like no i want 50x i'm like piss off i don't yeah. care that much lad so i'm saying yeah. i throw 50 quid at it for time i think if i was like in second i'd be more likely to be like i all right just take it just take my money but that's degenerate yeah. and not the way it should be done <laughs> yeah i've thrown a bit of money at it already i must admit and um i bought a lot of these burnley cards at a really bad time so i think i started collecting burnley cards in like november december time so like you've got a Josh Brownhill there that I've probably paid 180 quid for that's yeah. now four quid. So it's it's difficult to motivate myself to keep throwing money at something that's already been a bit of a money pit. But then on the flip side, I want all the Burnley cards. So yeah, no doubt I'll keep I'll keep going. I've just went and bought an Abora. I've seen he's 68p, so get my VRL collection. The thing that do you know what kind of put me off? I was all motivated to take top spot my VRL one and then the guy who actually is top spot, basically, I'm not going to say he got there out of luck, but he's one of these like guys who just collects everything. So he has loads. He Before collecting was thing, he had loads of jersey mints of everyone. And mm. he's just like, no, I'm not selling any, sorry. And I'm like, oh, well, you took out, like, I don't know, 10 jersey mints out of the, out of the 24-man squad or 28-man squad. Yeah. So it kind of demoralized me a little bit. But... Now that I click on it, what I do like about the collections thing is, like, there's another one there. I've, I'm just going to, I've spunked on a few quid here, I'm sorry. I'll, tr- I'll share my screen so at least people can see what I'm at. There's a few, it, I like the way it tells you, like, you can, starting at. Yes, it's like, oh, well, it's he's fantastic, only, that. He's only $2.90, all right, well, okay, I'm in. I'm not, go- I wouldn't have yeah. put the effort in to go and look, but, like, if any of these are starting at, like, tiny money, like, there we go, I'm going to get a Danny Rabba now. Because it's starting at It just makes it so it makes it so easy, doesn't it? If you know you need like 40 points to get to the next XP level mm. and it says there's four players starting at 68 pence, you just buy them, don't you? Whereas, you, as you say, if it didn't tell you that, you're not going to go into the market and try and work out what the floor price is for each player and which ones you should buy because they're the cheapest. Mm. And, you know, I, yeah, that that kind of UX on all, all the collection stuff, I think, is is probably the best thing they've done in in a long time. I have a quick question. Do you know the answer to this? Is Baselbot like a baddie? Is Baselbot one of these bots that steals everyone's stuff, or is Baselbot like a goodie? Um, he's been a goodie for me. So while I've been tagging my gallery, I think it was on a Sora Data pod. Someone mentioned that you just 
you send him an offer to his for his so rare Mbappe, and then he counters with how much he'll give you for your card. So um, yeah, I've just sold quite a lot to Basel, and and it was a really nice, easy process. Okay. Well, Basel just I bought a card whenever I could have paid twenty p more to get it off someone else if he was a baddie. Anyway, um, right collections we've had a wee chat about. Let me get us back to here, and we're gonna talk about. I sold me uniques. That's what we're gonna talk about. I sold not all yes. three. I sold two. I sold Benjamin Andre and Nicholas Dorsch. I got two point three two five ETH or something. Um, I was surprised how quickly the offers come in. Uh, I actually listed them both. I listed Dorsch at one ETH and Andre at one point two five price to sell, and then quickly got a couple of offers. Went oh too low, so went up, and then ended up getting an extra. Instead of just selling them both at full price, got that plus an extra point one, so two point three five. Why did I sell my uniques? Because I had them all last season, and I didn't actually look, but I I won the score root of fuck all, and mm-hmm. I wasn't really prioritizing or caring about like unique kickoff. Um, I didn't really play all star or champion D two. So with that said, what was the point in me having champion midfielders? that are uniques i bought them a door i got very unlucky with and to be honest with you i think i'll look back at that door seal and go i could have should have given him another six months but i've given him like a year and a half and he mm-hmm. ruptures this and pulls that and breaks this and he's, he's at like two three like injuries back to back to back it's heartbreaking for the lad and he is a good good scorer in the game so that could be one i kick myself about benjamin andre's also been a really good score last season but i just don't have the gallery to utilize it so that 2.35 eighth now i could just go and buy a rare kimmich yeah, and when you put it like so that, that, that's the question. Yeah, that's the question, isn't it? What What's the plan for this thief? Because I did see that you were uh, mm. listing quite a bit and rejigging your gallery. Are you? Um, is this a collection based plan or other so, avenue? There is no plan, right? I've got three point three six ETH now, and I probably have another fifty cards still up for sale. Surprised at the liquidity. Um, and the other thing is, because I'm not desperate to sell, I'm being really hard and I'm squeezing every penny out. You know, people are offering me a 10 or less and I'm just saying no. People are offering, you know, on, on big trade, like I'm just nah, 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 mm-hmm. this is my price. Um, I'm giving I'm giving a wee bit off at times. Or like, Hoodwink came at me looking for the 10% off for uh, Diego Oliveira. I've also decided to sell a lot of my Asian cards. Do you know what it is? Asian and MLS. Every season I try and get into it. Every season I can't. And yeah. the reason is, I just, well, following it's tough. It's a time of the day. I wake up and see what's happened. Following the news, I'm not in that zone. And on top of that, I just think I want a bit of time off when the summer comes now. Yeah. You know, I've actually missed set my lineups for a week or two now, which I'm kind of gutted about. Um, a week or two strong, two, two game weeks, so like one real week. Because I missed the deadline move. I went to do it yesterday. I was like, oh, oops. Because that's how like out of the loop I've been. Um, but yeah, what's the plan with the money? Part of me has half a mind to withdraw some, to be honest. Um, I don't really know. Part of me thinks I could withdraw some, take a bit off the table. Part of me thinks I could just go and buy a Kimmich. And probably, I don't know. You see, like I've got Trent and Allison. So for like a champion lineup, I kind of like the idea of Trent, Allison, and Van Dyke, or Trent, Allison. I have Gakbo. I have, I feel like I've, I've Jada, I feel like I have a couple of Liverpool guys there. 
I really want Sabozlai or McAllister, but I just don't know which one of them is going to hit the ground running and which one of them is going to, like, not, and which one of them is going to be a good scorer and which one of them is not, or will both just be shit at scoring because Liverpool midfielders have been a dead spot for a while. I'd like to do yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, the hints seem to be that McAllister will kind of hit the ground running more in terms of appearances, I think, from what I've listened to and read. As you say, the challenge is which one's going to be a, a good scorer if... If either, um, yeah, they're they're tricky, tricky of the Liverpool midfield. I also saw like a Robertson super rare sniffing around at like point eight. I don't know what you could get it for. I imagine a little bit of money off, but then he's mm. been injured a good bit in the last couple of seasons, and it's one of those that one of my bigger regrets on so rare over the years was there was a trade I was offered a while back. I completely forget the player involved, but I I had the chance to s- trade one of my super rares that went down in value massively. Who the fuck was it? But Robertson Super Rare was one of the cards that I was offered. Now, this was before he went on an absolute stormer about a year ago. It was probably mm-hmm. last summer. And I said no. And then he went out in 100, 100, 100, 93, 90. This was like 100, like literally a year ago. He didn't hit the same heights last season. I don't know if in the last year he's even hit 100 score. Let me mm-hmm. just check. I'm trying to sort his graph on Super Rare data. He's hit a 98. But it's like... All that to say, 29, you know, he did have... Did, am I full of shit? I'm talking as if Robertson was injured all the time. He only missed... He had a wee spell. He's only missed three other games in the last year. But he is prone to a random sub-appearance. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? He, he tends to, just every now and then, seems to get rotated in some of the easier games, which hmm. probably makes it feel like he's away more than he is because it tends to be ones you know, in FPL or so rare or wherever where you actually wanted to play him and then you see Simicast or whoever on the team sheet and it's like, Ooh. So all that, this, these are the things going around in my mind. I could end up with like an Alison Trent Robertson super rare stack in defence and then I've got like the likes of Raphael Leao or Kulisevs. Kulisevs is not a good enough score but I'm thinking like if you buy a Harry Kane or like mm-hmm. I could, there's things I could do there. I've also got like a load of Real Madrid guys. So I've got like Vinicius Jr., Jude Bellingham, who you're probably going to use for under 23s. But I've also got like Tony Cruz, and I've got y- Yossalu now, Rudiger. Yeah. Courtois. I've got Courtois, so I feel like I should pick up an Eder Militao. So there's a lot in my mind. They're the little bits and stuff I want. I kind of want to create like elite champion lineups. I think that's where my heart's mm-hmm. at. Not even challenger. And then the last thing I'll say to you, and then I'll let you speak for once, is mm-hmm. I have a lot to say. It's been a month. The every season right every season I've been around this block a while in terms of different football products excitement's probably going to peak in the next couple of weeks and prices are probably going to rise and in a month prices historically could probably start to come back somewhere towards reality so it's about that discipline and about trusting that and going like, okay, everyone's going to get all excited and want to do the new season. And so am I. I want Kimmich for game week one. I want whoever for game week one. Mm-hmm. But if I just give it six weeks, are these prices going to come down? I, I think the challenging thing this summer is a lot of it depends on what we've talked about, right? So what impact does the Fiat wallet have? What impact does the big Premier League contest either coming or not coming have? Because if all that lands next week, potentially in six weeks, prices could be nicely above where they are. If none of that lands and they start peddling out 23, 24 cards across every European league in six weeks' time, 
we all know what's going to happen to the prices. Mm. So it's I, I think there's, as always with so rare, there's, there's a lot of extra variables, isn't there? But I think Fiat Wallet and the Premier League push, marketing push, are huge variables. So it's really difficult to know. Um, yeah, tricky, tricky one. So I think I'll just keep selling seeing what I've got. I'm selling bump. I'm selling shit that I I really have no bid. I have no bid. No um no interest, no what's the word? No no right, no something owning. The cards that I have no use for. Cards that no I've never used. Yeah. No reason. Can I filter this? Let me see. So I want to filter this by that and I want to filter by cards sold, right? So what if sold is Oh Manuel Benson sold twelve hours ago. Oh really? Yeah, Mbizo, Yunus Musa, a uh, couple of limiteds are out the door. T- Boris Tomiak, super rare. Brown Oder rare, never played him once. Joe Willock rare, mm-hmm. never played him. Kevin Denke, Bjorn Meyer, a lot of people liked, but I wasn't playing him. So they're they're who have sold so far, plus my two uniques. Maybe this is this I... this only tells us direct sales, not like um offers. Yeah. I do think that Manuel Benson's a good good sell, by the way. Um, yeah, he's he's getting all the hype, but um, he only started thirteen or played nineteen thirteen games last season. Mm. Yes, he scored the same wonder goal about six times from the edge of the box, but in terms of minutes, um, and and it'll be even worse in the Premier League in terms of minutes. He's uh, he's fairly limited. It'll be a frustrating hold, in my opinion. Yeah, he's one of those that I won as a reward and had last season, and part of me like hoarded a lot of rewards thinking you know for these cap divisions there'll be a week where i go like so our data's lineup builder suggest the lineup and it'll pick one of these vojvoda kept coming up or like there'll be these wee random guys who have like 32 l15s who yeah. are, everyone expects to start and like there'll be a week where it's like okay benson should start this week and he's playing against luton and you know with tanny and it was like i'd rather just have them but just hoarding I was just like, I don't yeah. need, I never use half these guys. I should sell them and like get stuff that actually wins me things. Everyone at home is just having like, oh my God, John's finally worked it out after two years <laughs> of doing this wrong. Um, But anyway, so many uniques. You play a bit of so rare MLB. Now I'm going to tell you all a little quick story and then I'm going to let you go off on one, right? About why people shouldn't, shouldn't play it. And listen, now guys, if you don't care about MLB, you need to hear this, right? That sounds like such a little hook to try and keep them here. I don't care, Skip, if you don't care. But ultimately, I do not follow MLB. I do not watch MLB. I do not follow news on MLB. I do not care about MLB, really. In the last two months on So Rare, MLB, through now, albeit, yes, when a game first came out, I bought like Acuna Jr., I bought Otani, I way overpaid, I bought uh, Sandy Alcantara. Bought Lewis Robert, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner. So they were kind of who I bought. Did I buy? No. And then I bought like Edwin Diaz, who's been out this season, and Clayton Kershaw, right? Mm-hmm. Through just buying those, and last season winning a couple, I won like Christian Yelich, Willie Adamez, Kevin Plawecki, Morjon. I won a Jake McCarthy rare, right? Then mm-hmm. this season, coming into this season, I bought Vinny Pasquantino, Hunter Green, and Julio Rodriguez because I met them, and I was like, oh, I want cards of them. Now, since then, I bought I bought Emmanuel Classe and Devin Williams, and I bought a Freddie Freeman. Nice. Through that, and other than just picking names that everyone says is good, I've won limited Alec Thomas, Kevin Biggio, 
Buck Farmer, Brian Reynolds, Chris Seale, Cal Quantrill, Jaron Duran, Biggio, Yellick, Kurlkoff, Volp, Anderson, Pagan, Mart. And I've won th- three rare cards. Luis Severino, Mike Yastrzemski or something, and Brandon Drury. All that to say, by using the so rare data MLB lineup builder and nothing else, I'm winning yeah. cards like every week. Mm-hmm. It's mental. Yeah. It's it actually is. mad. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I haven't really followed baseball closely since, like, I remember um, Mike Trout and Bryce Harper were kind of rookies coming into the league. So that's, what, 10 years ago, probably? Um, and then I just decided this this off-season, right, I'm going to have a look at could I compete in so rare MLB. So quick look at the scoring matrix, identified what kind of players are going to score well. And then I literally just bought players based on MLB stats from last season. So I kind of built a gallery over the winter. And then since the season has started, like I'm, I'm obsessed with baseball now. Like the first thing I do every morning is look at how my SoRare teams have done because obviously a lot of the games are, are overnight. I watched the, so MLB put on YouTube eight minute highlight packages for every game. So I watch the Angels game every morning. On YouTube? Pretty much first thing I do. Yeah. No way. Who's at the MLB? What? Uh, so it's just MLB, like their MLB official highlights. account. Wow. Yeah. So, so while I'm having my cup of tea in the morning, I watch the Angels eight minute highlights. And then I look at my, you know, how my SoRare teams have done. And like you say, it's just so easy to compete. Um, and and the game itself, like the scoring system, the format, in my opinion, is absolutely perfect. Like it's just so addictive. Um, and yeah, having not really looked at baseball for 10 years and just used a spreadsheet over the winter, I've had a couple of first places. I think I've now won more baseball cards already in rewards than I have football. And I've played football on and off for like three years. It's mm. it's just so so much easier and you don't need to know the sport in detail. But once you get into it, you start to know the sport in detail because it's just so addictive. Um, yeah, I'm, it's, a, it's a bit of a shill for MLB. But yeah, um, anyone who, who just does football that has a passing interest in baseball... I, I assure you, you can compete, and it is really, really fun. Because, like, I'm, I, I, I kind of have a similar, like, relationship. Well, not at all. You're way more balls deep, but similar in that. I, I swear now, when I wake up and I'm having wee morning pay, or whatever. Oh, MLB! How'd they get on last night? And I go and look at it, mm-hmm. and it's some buzz. Like, I love it. I just wish now, like. I wish I had more players because then it would have more selection to give me the best lineup and best chance of winning. And I'm not entering that many tournaments. I just go limited pro, limited all-star, and then I throw whatever I've got left into Sandlot because I don't even understand really what it is. I think there's a cash prize or something. Like, that's that's yeah. the level I'm at. But still, the buzz I get by looking and seeing that my lineup's over 200 points and everyone has a game left, I'm like, oh, I have a chance. But the, the highlights there, I will legitimately get into watching them. Particularly, like, I'm a big um, Julio Rodriguez fan. And yeah. he smashed the home run derby, and I'll, so we'll definitely be watching the Mariners highlights. Um, but it'll be good to see like the likes of Otani and what he's at, and have a Ronald Acuna Jr. like the one of a thousand, so should or five thousand, so should probably be watching him. Um, yeah, so I, I normally watch the Angels one because that used to be my team when I followed it, and obviously yeah. there is Otani and Trout. 
But then I've started watching the Reds as well because they they've got Ellie De La Cruz, who's like the big. Is that Cincinnati? Yeah, and and they've they've just brought another guy up who apparently is going to be fantastic. You know, they're just such a young kind of exciting team that that little highlights package of their game is is just so much fun every morning. Yeah. So like all that to say, if you're not into it, you're not into it. But I never thought I'd be into it. And it's great. It's almost like, we're not gambling, but it's like a little lottery when you don't even understand the game. So where I did as lineup yeah. builder, if you're a member anyway, you know, you, you, you have access to it. If you're not premium, sign up using the code John Nellis or the link below. But that lineup builder is just winning me rewards. I, 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 it's, it sounds like I'm being paid to say this. I'm being paid to tell you about so rare data, but I'm not being paid to say this bit. Like the MLB lineup builder is just like a cheat. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Right. We have a load more to talk about. I know we're going to go down other segues, but it's time for me to give you the story of the week, Tom. Now, this story yep. of the week is a little bit different. We've had some time, so I have a couple of stories. So I'm going to give you two topics, and you can pick one. Everyone at home, pick in your mind which one you want to hear, and then be disappointed or elated whenever he picks. <laughs> so I'm going to give you two words, or maybe like a few words, and you can pick. So one's about farmers, and the other one's about visiting an old house. Oh, okay. I'm going visiting an old house. I got, I got into the whole urban exploration thing years ago. Okay. So I'm, I'm quite into my abandoned and derelict old houses and stuff. So yeah, let's go down that avenue. This isn't an old house like you maybe are thinking right yeah. now, but it's a, it, it's a nice story. And again, story of the week is about me telling you a story that's happened in my life this week that was nice. It doesn't have to be um, anything mental. So when I was like three, we moved to a house... Um, in Newcastle, um, around an Eliza Close is where it was. And that's where I sort of was from 3 to about 14, 10, 11 years of my life. You know, really formative years. My whole childhood, you know, playing on the landing and, you know, the stairs there. And, you know, I'm just naming parts of a house at the minute. But in my head, there's a very mm-hmm. clear image. You know, playing around there and, you know, the back garden with a lovely back garden. But a deck and there was actually a jacuzzi in that house, right? My mum and dad got a big nice. back put onto it and it was amazing pool table upstairs lots of great memories so that that was there when i left when i was 14 i remember shedding a wee tear very emotional like leaving my house you know you leaving your house at that age is a big deal now this house is lovely mm-hmm. love it amazing all the rest but mo- normally when you leave houses you never go back to them and if you do you might go and drive around and have a wee nosy but we got an, a very i don't know unique offer so my dad ended up befriending the guy who now owns the house. Not in the whole house thing, but like years later at a running club. And now they go up the mountain a bit together. Now this guy, Kevin, was getting rid of the deck and out the back that I used to play on when I was a kid. Uh, my mum and dad got put in with the jacuzzi and all that. He was getting rid of the deck in because they were they're renovating or they're extending the kitchen out or some bollocks. But the floor, the boards are all like we thought in good nick. So we were going to go and steal the timber because he was just going to dump it. And we actually, my mum and dad got a similar thing done here. And that because it's outdoors uh, without a glass roof, the boards are rotten. So they need replaced. Anyway, that's the context mm-hmm. of why we were around there. Me and my dad around for a wee day's work lifting up floorboards. I was over the moon. I thought I was there. For, I was going to be there for eight hours lifting floorboards and snapping screws out of them and whatever else. Turns out the boards were like firewood. They were snapping and cracking and they were split. So we ended yeah. up there an hour and a half and left. Anyway. All that context to tell you, I was in my childhood home. And it was so fucking cool. Like, everyone probably has that house in their mind. But, like, the kitchen was the same size and shape. I actually was a wee bit creepy. I hope they're not listening. I opened their whole cupboard. 
and our heights were still on the inside of the door. Yeah. Our heights were on the inside of the door. And then I went to the toilet. The bathroom, they haven't changed it. It's proper old school. It's like a 90s bathroom, like the, the taps and all. The same bathroom that I used to bath in as a kid. And when I was walking back in the room, my bedroom when I was a kid, the my mum and dad basically, you know, they weren't like fucking poor by any means. Jacuzzi there. But years before that, mm. um, you know, instead of like getting like painters or decoration to do the whole like beautiful like kids artwork, they literally like stuck up masking tape and like painted random colored shapes on the walls and then like paint their crap at art but it was the effort was 10 out of 10 and then i had like a wee stencil thing and i was like coloring in stencils there's all this shit artwork on the walls but they'd put like yeah. built-in wardrobes over it but they'd since because they're renovating the house took out the built-in wardrobe so this wall was there that was like the wall of my bedroom from like four to eight wow. or whatever the fuck it was and this yeah. shitty i could probably i took a photo of it to show you what i mean by how crap the artwork is um you can't really see but you know like this type of stuff can you see yeah. like yeah. random shapes on the walls and if you zoom right yeah. in, you can see like the wee stencil things i'm on about yeah. so like just like really surreal that was my story of the week i visited my childhood home but that went on longer than i expected but it was just a really weird surreal kind of thing to do so you that's go. pretty cool um so so we bought so this house um is exact was exactly 200 years old when we uh purchased it you definitely and it just been well, we'll see. Um, but it had just been um, basically fully renovated. So it's like being in a new house, but it's 200 years old. And one thing they gave us when we moved in, they knocked down an old fireplace and a wood brick fell out and it had been signed by the guy who built the house. So it, it's this wood brick and it says, I, Joseph Smith or whatever, in the year 1821, built this house on this land. And they like presented that to us on the day we moved in. So that's like, you know, up and framed. And yeah, that, that was really cool. Because it feels like a brand new house. But there's a guy, you know, a guy had scribbled on this brick 200 years ago. So yeah, it's, it's nice. That's the real story of the week. That's fucking it's class. History. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's unreal. That's got me thinking. I wonder if there's anything like really weird and old I've found. Nothing's jumping out, but I'm sure there is. I'm trying to think. We've got definitely... um, the the one big they didn't relevant renovate was the cellar. So there's this really dark, grim cellar that we just don't use. And um, my my missus had a, a like a doll, you know, one of these super realistic dolls, a bit like like a Chucky type thing. Yeah. So I've put I've put that sat at the bottom of the stairs in the cellar, oh, and I'm just waiting for someone to actually open that door and and find it. I'm such a child. <laughs> No, that, that's top tier shit house because that is like absolutely like, you explain your house being 200 years old and wooden bricks and then like a cellar that's old and rotten and no one uses it you definitely are like the setting of like a haunted like horrible movie what's that movie called insidious or something that's yeah. where i picture your house anyway maybe next week people will hear about the farmers because that was drama um pump permission i want you to pump three players for us now if you can ideally an under 23 a bargain in your opinion and then any player you want but just pump three players for us and you've absolute permission to like app like pump the shit make people feel fomo make them go and buy them even though they shouldn't everyone's been warned. yeah okay um and I, i'm gonna take advantage and um and pump a bit of burnley here um mm. i feel like do you, you remember the in between us movie where um they're on the bus hung over and everyone started singing burnley songs and he kind of ends it with 
I really like football, apart from Burnley. Burnley can piss off or whatever. So I feel like Burnley kind of got knocked down um, in the world's view a bit by that. So I'm, I'm going to try and bring them back up to a, a level. Um, so yeah, so the, the under-23 is Anasarori, which I'm sure is a name that a lot of people are familiar with. He's, uh, he's been a pretty good forward over, over the last year. Um, so Zorori is by far the most technically gifted um, creative player I've ever seen in a Burnley shirt. Um, although I will caveat it, and you might remember this, I, I am a bit of a sucker for a guy with tricky feet. Like, I like a tricky winger. So I've had obsessions before with Delafeu when he was at Everton, with um, Buffal, who was at Southampton for three years and did one good thing in that whole mm. time. Brian Diaz is another one. So so I might be, uh, you know, rose-tinted glasses here a little bit because Zorori is another tricky winger who can beat a man, which is kind of my thing. Um but yeah, former Belgium uh, youth international. He's now in the Morocco setup, so you've got kind of um, some international coverage there. He'll be at Afcon, I assume, this winter. Um, has a bit of an AA game to him, and just the the level of composure for a. I think he's twenty two. The level of composure he shows when he gets a chance or when he's beating a man is just outstanding. And obviously, with us. Moving into the Premier League, I think this season could go one way or the other. You know, he could show straight away just how good he can be, or he might take a season to adapt. But I think as kind of a long-term play, he is he's just so gifted. And if he, if he can just stay on the straight and narrow and, and use those gifts in the right way, I don't think he'll be at Burnley much longer. Um, he is unbelievable. And... Um, Benson obviously is the name that a lot of people will know because he kept scoring wonder goals last season. But the impact that Rory had over the whole season, game by game, is five x what Benson had, in my opinion. So yeah, so Rory is my under twenty three pom. I like it. I like it. I've heard him before. I remember whenever he was at was at Charleroi. Um, I remember hearing yeah. about him there. So I actually didn't even know he went to Burnley. Um, yeah because I didn't really follow Burnley. <laughs> and then now I do. So no, it's good. It's class that he's, he's stepped up and he's shown there too. Who's your next player? Yeah, so my bargain, and um, this is the last Burnley one, and then I'll move on. So the um, second Burnley one is uh, Hjalmar Ekdal. So um, we bought him in January from Sweden. So he's a Swedish international. Um, he slotted in straight away at centre-back and looked every bit as good as Jordan Bayer and Taylor Howard Bellis that we also had. And um, he then got injured fairly quickly. Um, so he's only played a handful of games for Burnley, but you could just see straight away, he's very AA suited. There's a lot of possession. There's a lot of passing. There's a lot of marauding out of defence and playing kind of key passes. Um, and because he only played a few games um, mm. and, I've been listening to like FPL podcast previews and stuff, and they're kind of, oh, you know, will Burnley have Bayer and Albuquerque or Ekdal? Who will be kind of the second central defender? Well, Ekdal is a Swedish international and he is absolutely fantastic. So that's your answer. In terms of his so rare price, because he played so few games. Um, so this morning I had a quick check. He was three quid for a limited, 28 quid for a rare. When you com, um, compare that to Bayer, who's eight quid for a limited 77 for a rare, and Taylor Howard-Bellis was similar, 
Ekdal's just as good as those guys, in my opinion, and his price has been held back by how few games he played, but he's slotted in so well. Um, yeah, I, I think Burnley will still play the possession game against the bottom 10 sides in the Premier League, and I, I really think there's some big scores coming from Bayer and Ekdal, so Ekdal is the uh, budget option there. You see, I like it because I will look at Burnley and I'm like, like every championship team that comes up, I go, oh yeah, they're going to get WAP, right? It's just like, without even knowing anything, that's what my, I, I go yeah. to, I'm like, oh, this is bad for them. But like, I hear you, like if, if they can put up a fight in some games or whatever else, like Ekdal there at that price, his AA game is ridiculous. His average AA over the all time is like 20 points. It's like 20.3. Yeah. And like, you can see there in that run he had that you're on about, you're talking 45, 41 AA, 33, 30, 36, 39, 24. Like big AA games. And he had a wee assist, a goal, and a goal line clearance in there. So there's a 96, a 93, and an 81 sniffing about. Big, big scores. I mean, if you're a limited player for a couple of quid, you know, there's there's worse places to go. And even as a wee rare mm -hmm. to bolster out, like there's only 14 rares. That's going to be a problem. Um, But, yeah, I like it. Shalmar Ekdal. Love it. He's only 24 too. What injury yep. did he have? Uh, it was a shoulder. I don't know if he did something after, but it was some kind of shoulder thing. Mm. Um, well, he was back so on the bench serious. for Sweden. He was back on the bench for yeah. Sweden, so like he's he'll be back. Yeah, I think he was ready before the season finished, but because we'd wrapped the league up, you know, we didn't rush anyone back. So mm. yeah, there's no injury concern currently. Anyway, see, I'm here now. I'm kind of like, geez, I want to buy an Ekdal. I have no business mm -hmm. buying an Ekdal. I'm not you buying. An collection. I know. Anyway, who's our third player? Yeah, last one. So I think this name's probably a bit better known is Fabian Rees. Um, so he was playing for Holstein Kiel in the German second division last season. Um, got a big move, or what was supposed to be a big move, to Hertha Berlin um, in the summer, but they've been relegated. So he's now still going to be in the German second division, but he's going from like a mid-table side to a side who are third in the odds to win that league. They're a relic, you know, Hertha Berlin is a club we've all heard of. Um, he's a forward card. He's got great AA. He's a former German youth international. Um, he, I think his L40 was like 60. And, and I could see that even getting better at, at Hertha Berlin. Um, and the thing that really pushed this one over the line for me, so he took penalties for Holstein, which obviously is a big bonus. Um, I had a look at the Hertha Berlin penalty taker, and currently it's a guy called uh, Luca Bacchio, who oh, yeah. Lazio have just bid on. So if he goes off to Lazio, um, then I could see Reese probably, ho hopefully, becoming the penalty taker at Hertha Berlin as well. And they're a top side in that division. So I, he could be a bit of a forward cheat code. He's got plenty of AA. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a uh, quite a nice one to look at. Yeah, his score, like, the only the only question here becomes the price, and it'll price a lot of people out. He's priced quite yeah. premium, but that is because his scores are absolutely ludicrous. And, yes, I did realise when we got to the third player, I should probably display it all so people can see this now on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Sorry, podcast listeners. But, um yeah, I probably should have shown the other Burnley lads. But Fabian Reese there. Stupid scores. Um so I like that. That's your pump permission over. You're not allowed to pump anyone else. Um okay. what I do want from you is are there any features you would add to So Rare? Um yeah, I struggled with this one a bit. I think a lot of the good good ideas have already been given. Um 
One thing I'm not sure I've heard on your pod is um, like a so rare last man standing. So imagine, for example, you um, everyone enters in game week one of the Premier League, just taking a random division as an example. You have to either score over 300 points with your team or you have to finish in the top X percent, let's call it 10 percent. So you could do it either way. Everyone who manages that then qualifies for game week two. And in game week two, again, you have to score over 300 or you have to finish in the top 10%. If you do, you carry on into game week three. And that competition carries on either until there's only one last last man standing, as you will, um, or you say, this is going to run for 20 weeks. Whoever's left after the 20 weeks splits the prizes. Mm. Um the other thing I think you could do with that is it could be really good for you guys. So like the content slash influencer guys, imagine if you had like a little 15 man league with you and Haber and Quinny and, you know, all the, all the big guys where you're all in a little last man standing competition. I think that could help generate some really good content and kind of rivalry between you guys potentially. Yeah. So something I haven't kind of fleshed it out properly, but some kind of last man standing format is really popular on other fantasy sites, and I think could work with so rare. I like it, and it brings up a wider point for me. What I love the idea about that, or you know, even with like the so rare um, megas of the world, where it's like you've got the little side games where you can kind of like. He, the score is 42 who's going to score 42 this week it's just the little bolt-ons the little side bits they're like oh i'll play that yeah. oh here what am i who am i doing for this oh who do i think is going to score 100 this week oh who do i do that it's just as many little fun little things to engage with and like having something like that run it's kind of like an fpl whenever they bring in the cup it's like that sort of cup or knockout style thing last man standing idea i like it i do i, I think it would be really engaging and from a content perspective you could set one up yourself or um if they set an influencer one up to kick it off or yeah. promote it, it could be fun. Where because remember, like, who was it doing before? I'm sorry, I'm like not giving anyone any credit. It's just been a long time. Um, the influencer influencer league. I like the idea of that kind of. Um, I did like the idea of it. I just maybe didn't do. I didn't have like a place to like galvanize my community or whatever. But like. The mm-hmm. idea of like you kind of pick who you think's gonna win, and then if that content creator win, you might get a share of the spoils type of thing. Yeah, it's fun. It, I it mean, it, it could also just help the market stimulate the market a little 100%. bit as well. Because say you you get through the first four rounds, and then the fifth round is a midweek, and you look and go, oh crap, I've got no decent fixtures. You might buy a couple of players, you know, yeah. if you you get into it. So there's. There's benefits to SoRare there as well. So, um, yeah, I just think something like that or a cup, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, I think little side things like that would be really nice and, and relatively easy from a tech point of view, you would think. Yep, I agree. Um, so let's hope they do that someday. We didn't put out for questions this week because I knew it was the first one back and we have a million things to talk about. Uh, but I'll put out for listeners' questions for next week. Fun episode coming. Um, thanks again to So Rare Data. They support this podcast. You can sign up using the link below or code John Nellis. I'll get paid if you do, which would be amazing. Even if you're free, if you upgrade, you can use that code. And uh, if you do sign up using it, you'll get two weeks free at the top tier um, to try everything out. Right. Let's see your picks for the Cap Cup. What three players are you going for? Matsuyama was the last guest. Feels like a lifetime ago. 
Um, he ended up scoring 15 points. Renato Augusto, Yamamoto, and Salvador Ferrer um, came in with 15 points of a. They were 14 points, 15 points better than the cap. Tom, who are you going for this weekend? Uh, yes. So similar to you, I've kind of taken the summer off because I, I'm not big on MLS in Asia. So I've very much relied on so rare data for this. So I've used the pick scores and tried to find a bit of value. So um, yeah, tying into the plug there. So these players are a bit random. But um, in defense, I have a guy called Yorgo Palumbi who plays for, if I could read my writing, uh, Varazdin in the Croatian League. Spell his name? Uh, P-E-L-L-U-M-B-I. Yorgo Palombi. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. I believe Albanian defender in the Croatian League. Um, L15 and 43, according to Sir Redator. He's rare, he's only £17, he's an under-23, and he has a good fixture. And that's about all I can tell you about him. Wait there, Gorica play this weekend? Do I have someone that uh, plays for them? He I plays, hope so. <laughs> he plays Gorica. Yeah, no, no, it, it does say that, doesn't he? Yeah, he plays He plays Gorica. Do I not have, is Ivan Banich their goalkeeper? I might have a goalkeeper! Sorry, I, just... I think it is their first week, unless I've got it very, very wrong. No, you've got it very, very right. And you've just alerted me to the fact that I have a rare goalkeeper this weekend. All right, wonderful. Who's your next player? <laughs> Good. Uh, midfield. So I've got a guy called Anton Zinovsky. Uh, Z-I-N-O-V-S-K-I-Y. Find him. Uh, so I believe the Russian Premier League is back this week as well. Um, he plays for Spartak Moscow. Again, good fixture. A relatively low L15 of 44, um, but does have, from memory, I think he had a few nice peak scores towards the end of last season. Um, so, yeah, plump for him. Again, couldn't tell you a huge amount. So uh, yeah. this is more a test of so rare data peak scores rather than my knowledge. Let's see how they get on. You have one more, yeah. so Palumbi, Zinkowski, and... Uh, right, so striker, I've got Gabriel Hausch. I don't... That's probably not how you say it, but H-A-U-C-H-E. Got him. Uh, plays for Racing Club in Argentina. Um, interesting thing about this guy, he played five games for Argentina between 2009 and 2011. Ooh. So he's been around forever. Played five games and scored three goals for Argentina. So 15 years ago, he was quite good. Um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, relatively low L15 of 45. They have a good fixture. Um, and you could pick up all three of those limiteds for £6, which kind of tells you, um, if you use the pick scores, there's a, a bit of value out there to be had. Uh, so, yeah, that's my, that's my aged striker for you. 43... 44 and 45 the scores tom are their pick scores tom it's been an absolute pleasure is there anything you want to say before you hit the road uh no all good thanks for uh thanks for having me on good to see you back um yeah i'll, I'll ask you about your golf game really quickly how's your golf game oh i'm shocking like it depends what yeah. shocking is like i play i don't play really but i've played a few rounds recently i play in the summer i played a game Stableford for a bit of crack and I played off 24 and I shot 38 points which is playing to a 20, 
that's that's playing to a 22 handicap so yeah. my drives are erratic my irons are questionable but around the greens i'm pretty good i'd say that that's where i make up the shots that's my dog he's obviously getting Ma- Ma- magic touch around the greens like shane lowry then it's your, that type uh, of vibe it's that type of vibe. like yeah very good yourself does, does, um i'm struggling to find the time at the minute but um i i historically play off nine but i played oh, once wow. this year so i can't imagine that i play anything like that um nine i'm going to the open tomorrow though so uh yeah i'm excited for that one class enjoy it anyway um i'll probably watch a bit of that this weekend but tom lovely catching up with you it's been a long time guys drop a like subscribe leave reviews do all that stuff and we'll chat to you next week bye bye